Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 4 minutes and 4 minutes past midday on Techno Gaze here on Joy 94.9 uh, where Josh is here pushing the buttons with us. Woo! Woo! Uh, I, of course, am Raina uh, here again and uh, somebody who was supposed to be having a bit of a break has popped into the studio to say hello. What, what, what? It's Mark! Hello! Hello! <laughs> I just couldn't keep myself away. Oh. I'm, I'm, why not? Hello. Why not indeed? Why not indeed? You look well rested after a few weeks off this show, I must say. Yeah, it's been a bit bit of a break, but you know. It's, yeah. yeah nice to be. I know. It Josh- makes me feel a little bit better than being here and getting, you know, c- c- conflicted. I'm like, wait, what do I talk about for an hour about tech? It's, oh. But Rain is super organised and has just given me this whole bunch of information to talk about. Which oh. Is fantastic. That's really sweet of you to say. And we haven't seen you for a few weeks either. I've been hiding, hiding in my little cave. <laughs> Your Joy IT cave. Before he leaves the other studio, we have to say thanks to Tim Lennox for the lovely joy news as always coming in here and giving up all his time to make the news happen that's yes. right everything sounds like it's going to be okay when tim talks about it how else would we know that the queen sent a tweet yes an actual honest to god tweet and uh, we will talk about that later on. Uh, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> There's uh, other bits and pieces that have been happening. Um, Facebook's got a new app out called Rooms. Yes. Mm, which, which sounds really interesting. Kind of takes me back to the 90s and use of certain technologies back then. Yes. And uh, Avi from uh, of Hide and Seek fame uh, came in with a little bit of news. Actual hoverboards, you guys, they are real <laughs> and you can get one. I want to pre-order one. I just don't know where. Yes. Well, we'll talk about where and how you can do that later. What's what's Harvey's normal thing about about it? Throw money at it. Just throw money at it. I want one. Shut up and take my money, I think is the the quote. That's exactly right. And uh, some new security flaws found in Samsung's security features for corporates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also in the show, uh, iOS 8.1 is out. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's new with that. Some of us might know a little bit more about it than others. Wouldn't we, Josh? May or may not have jumped the fence and gone from a, one particular brand to another, but what, we'll what, take a bit later. It's, it's like Bizarro World in here. Mark <laughs> is rocking a Windows PC at the moment. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> I, I have an Android phone on me. 
I'm yes, sorry, Steve. That's weird. <laughs> and Josh has returned to the uh, the fold. I've come back to Apple. Every device in front of uh, Josh is an Apple device, actually. I, I, I know. It's Except the panel. Except the Can panel. you imagine if Apple made radio gear? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> It'd be a single just button. Sending out just... mind waves to Apple. <laughs> we want radio gear. Yes, please invent something. Now, if you want to get in touch with us at any time today, you can do that. one three hundred joy 949 is the number to call. Uh, lovely Mushin is there at the front desk waiting to hear from you. Uh, you can send us a text, 0427JOY949 is the number, or send us an email on air at joy.org.au. And you know what? You can find us on social media. Yes, you can. Make like the Queen and get on Twitter yeah. at Technogaze, <laughs> T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. That's it. <laughs> hey, if the Queen... Make like... Queen. Make, queen. Make like yeah, I was about to say, there's a lot of queens around here. Which one are we talking about? It is Joy 94.9 right here. Um, and, uh, of course, you can find us on Facebook as well. And uh, a very special hello to our latest Facebook page followers, both of whom were anonymous. Oh, what? Oh. Can you do that with Facebook? You can. You So you can like something, but you can't reveal who you are. Mm. Pretty amazing. That's kind of cool. I didn't know you could do that. Speaking of how to be invisible, mm-hmm. there is an invisibility cloak yes. on the way. What? Yes. This is like sci-fi land, right? We've been talking about hoverboards. Mm-hmm. Perfect for um, uh, uh, if you're a, a Harry Potter fan. you could Exactly. Exactly. This. Yep. So or if you're on your hoverboard so that no one can hear coming because <laughs> there's no moving parts to hear, and then you put your invisibility cloak over. Yes. Right. Not only can you be a super cool ninja type, but... but <laughs> You can do it really quickly, I, I guess. Wow. So, so Halloween's coming up. How do I get one? Just... Probably not straight away. So <sighs> some scientists at the University of Rochester in New York have found a way to um, disguise things using inexpensive and readily available lenses. Mm. So you can probably put one together if you can find a suitable lens shop. I don't think Specsavers or whatever will cut it. Um, it looks kind of like a big monocle and it makes things behind it invisible. So it's one big Lens? Is that how it works? Or sort of is it, is it multiple? Yeah, kind of. Because that's the whole thing with invisibility cloaks is, is um, the way that they work typically is to def- refract light, I think yeah, is the so re- right term. Yeah, so there's some bend light around the object Things. that's being hidden. So whatever is shining through light from the background mm. can proceed through these lenses and head out the other yep, side yep. without you blocking it, And just goes basically. via a, a sort of a, a, a path that's not yep. a typical light path of straight straight ahead. I guess. Right. <laughs> and, and aside from Josh's uh, Halloween costume, which sounds amazing, um, you can also use this. For, you can do it a few different things. So uh, one of the, the proposed ideas that they have is for medicine so they can actually see what they're working on um, if you're a surgeon without mm. your hands getting in the way. Oh. Right, because wow. as you know, there are a lot of body parts that are quite little, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And you don't want to, you know, you've obviously got to work on them with your hands and tools and all that stuff. And there's, you know, tubes and things that are in the way. And I could imagine the military uh, uh, uses would, would be, that. yes. But it's, it's like everything with the military is, you know, they'll, they'll throw the money at it, which then enables a lot of other uses to come into those. Private enterprise. Private yeah. enterprise, you know. Hmm. Exactly. Which, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of throwing money. I'm yeah. full of segues today. <laughs> this is almost as cool as the segue. In fact, I think it is cooler than the actual segue, by the way. <gasps> I'll stop that. Oh, Josh found the soundboard. Um, guys, hoverboards. Yes. They're real. They're a thing. I want one. I want one. Avi sent this to our Technogaze user group, um, Avi from, from Hide from and Seek, yep. going, oh, my God, you guys, 
<laughs> that was pretty much his entire commentary for, so for it. How does it work? Is it does it involve like hovering above a surface that's predetermined? Yeah, like, sort it, of. Can you um, can you do it anywhere? Like, uh, can I just hover board down the street? Well, it, it probably yes. makes sense to to talk about who's making it first and then mm. how they got there. So it's uh, it's this company called Hendo, and they're making a uh, Hendo hoverboard, which you can sort of actually put on on I guess most kind of surfaces. Right. Um, and it uses some uh, some trickery with magnets, and I'm not a physicist or anything, so I didn't really understand it when they explained it. But you know, like when you hold two magnets together, and, the, the, and they kind of repel each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they can't stay that way; they're not stable. Yes. they figured out a way to make that a bit more stable. Wow, I just, I just wanna, interesting. I want to read the first line here. All right, see, so all in capitals, just for those at home. It says, "Guys, it's an actual hoverboard with four hover engines." <laughs> hover engines, quote, quote quote quote. Yeah, they're like these <laughs> these sort of panels that. So the hoverboard itself, it's you know, it, it's sort of. Um, it's sort of skateboard shaped. It's got four sort of little pads, mm. and uh, and it's a Kickstarter. So if you just uh, jump on your favourite search engine and look for Hendo hoverboard, you can find it there. Um, and part of this Kickstarter, so they obviously want a bunch of money to produce these things. Now, if you want an actual hoverboard, you're going to have to have been one of the first ten people to buy into the reward oh, for so getting one. Probably a bit too late to get into it. They they got snapped up. Yeah, I can imagine. they're already well and truly over there. Uh, funding target of a quarter of a million dollars. They've still got two months to go, so I think they're going to be okay for cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can actually get a, uh, a thing called a white box, which is like it has the same sort of little engines in it, but it's just a little sort of desktop-sized box that you can have a fiddle with. Right. And then you can put cool. other things on it, or you can you can even get cardboard skins for it, so you can dress it up to look like a school bus yep. or, I don't know, a, a furry creature. I'm not it, sure. It, it's still pretty cool. Like you look, Back to the Future was set in, or well, Back to the Future 2, when we saw the hoverboard, set in yes. 2015. Yes. It's next year. We're going to have That's a hoverboard. We're going to have a hoverboard by next year. We're going to have a hoverboard by thank, next year. Thank you, Marty McFly and the Doc. Like, you know, that's yeah. Some... Now, no, where's the time lawyers, machine? <laughs> their lawyers told them not to play up that connection, but they're releasing it on the 21st of October, which is the actual date that the movie happened. <laughs> that, but oh. their lawyers said that, but Dust. their lawyers their lawyers haven't told us to not talk about Back to the Future 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dust off the DeLorean. That this is this is it. This is it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine getting one of those white boxes and like making a little cardboard DeLorean? Or, like, I don't know, or I'll get a little toy Marty McFly and, you know... A little, a little baby. Set. That's it. We're set. Yeah. Now you can get a few different um, sort of rewards as well. So you've got, um, you've got uh, like a, you know, your t-shirts and stickers and all that sort of usual thing. Yeah, um, but one of the cool things, mm. you can actually get your name engraved in a brick, which will be used in their hover park, which is a special skate park just for their. Wow. Yeah. There's a, pil- a pilgrimage happening right now. It's like, pretty amazing. Like, I need to go to this place. I think a outside broadcast from uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hoverboard Central. <laughs> I wonder if the magnets will cause any interference. Who knows? <laughs> so cool. Can we, give it a, can we get a Kickstarter campaign to get us to the Hoverboard Park? Is this something we can yes. do? Yes. Oh. I'm hmm. saying if a guy can get a potato salad, I think we can do this. I think, I think it can happen. I Indeed. think this works great. Yes. Um, it's 14 minutes past midday here on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Techno Gaze, and there'll be heaps more of that where that came from. Download the Joy 94.9 smartphone app today. See joy.org.au. Now, that's something I haven't done with my new phone yet, is downloaded the app. <gasps> 
Where's that guy? <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Josh, have you downloaded the app? I actually, it was the second app I put on my phone. Oh, you are a loyal fellow. It's quarter past midday on Joy 94.9, <laughs> and this is Technogaze, where um, it's topsy turvy land. Mr. Yep. Mr. iPhone user over there, I've, I'm hanging on to this Android, and Mark's got a Dell, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it? it what does it all mean? It, it's, I, it's good. I, so I've got my, I've got, I had my new Mac in today, and I'm sitting on my desk. First thing Mark does is come in, picks <laughs> it up, so starts using it. it. I'm like, get your own, man. He's like, oh, I've only got my Windows one here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It works. Nerds. It does what happens when you put a whole bunch of nerds into a studio? You get techno gaze. You get techno gaze. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, what's news in Australia? I own it. I own it. Now, um, I, I'm actually a customer of Ironet. I should, yeah, I, I should, feel like I should a, disclose that as well, actually. Yeah. But, um, they have, uh, talked about, they're all, uh, always a fighter for the, uh, the piracy. <laughs> Wait, well, they're, I should, the, I should think about side. what I'm saying. They're on the side <laughs> the, of the consumer, I think, is, correct. is, I think what they're really shooting for. As opposed so. to the copyright holders of certain movies and music that gets. Exactly. So, um, Ironet have gone into shared. bat for us before about copyright claims and, you know, and even doing things like, you know, submissions to the government about the TPP and copyright and all kinds of things. Yeah, they're advocating they? a, a, an alternative point of view. Than, than the corporate, yeah, which um, is which is a really really quite a relief to see. The latest that they've been up to is that they have been um, trying to fight a bit of a, a bid to uh, get some of their customers' details. So the makers of the Dallas Buyers Club, which is, this is the interest. Well, there's a, there's a pre sort of preliminary news story to this, which is right. Dallas Buyers Club. It was a, a movie that was released what about. A bit more. Yeah, I, I didn't actually go to, get to go see it, but apparently it was really good. It may have been released here about a month ago, but it, it's been out for quite a while because I think they're trying to get it in before you know Oscar season and stuff. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so there's been a, a, a over in the US, the movie industry has tried to take people to court to try and you know catch them in in um, piracy, mm-hmm. and that model has not really worked very well. Um, uh, to put it lightly, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, but it's interesting what they're doing here is Dallas Buyers Club. That specific movie has got its own um, corporation, mm. uh, and they specifically are going after people who are downloading that movie. Right now, Ionet has uh, has received a few unkind letters. Mm. So um, they're they're going after Australians too, yeah, which is they're a, picking on Australians. something new as well, which 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 hasn't really been done in the past. Not a great deal. Like some sometimes some people have got, you know, emails or, or letters or whatever, but um this this time they're actually having a, a bit of a tilt at Ironet and um Ironet say that they're going to fight it. Mm. Um, they don't. They say that they don't support or condone copyright infringement, but they've decided not to give the customers details, which is fair enough. I think that on privacy grounds. Yeah. So you know, you're a customer of Ironet. You shouldn't just have your details shared Definitely. just upon a, a, a request from a, right. another corporation. Now, it's not the first time that they've done this. Obviously, so we've talked about the the things that they've done. But um, one of the things that they did only a couple of years ago is that some media companies, so in the US and Australia as well, tried to force them to put a block mm. on being able to download those things and the High Court of Australia, which of course is the highest uh, legal authority in the country um, short of passing laws in Parliament Mm. or in a different way rather, um, said that ISPs are not able to technically prevent users from uh, downloading naughty things. Right. So they've already said, well, we we can't stop it. And so the companies have gone, well, stuff it. Maybe you can't stop it, but surely you can try to tell us. We'll, we'll and go And Ionet has said, nah. Yeah. Now, it'll be interesting to see if that develops into anything. They might back off. They might not back off. Mm-hmm. They might have a fight. Who knows? Yeah. 
It's it's you don't hear anything from the other big telcos either, like Optus and Telstra. So not, does not, that mean that they are actually uh, are the requests going to those big telcos and and they, being fulfilled in in a way that Ironet are not? Like, they may well be. I mean, I mean, I don't know. And I I think there are other telcos that have actually done that and said no as well. But mm. one of the things about Ironet. Um, that I notice as a customer, again, like you get your newsletters and stuff like that with your bill and yep. all the rest of it, is that they actually talk about it and they make an effort to try and educate their customers on what's going on, which mm. I think is more than can be said for some of the big telcos. They're yeah. like, just shut up and consume your data. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It, it, it's it's one of the one of those that, that you know you, they, you feel like they're actually looking after the customer a little bit more than yeah yeah you they're know. advocating for the customer as opposed to just uh, just thinking of them as a customer as that's a customer, right I guess it's quite nice Facebook Facebook ah uh, yes ah uh, this one's amazing anonymity it's, a, it's is that sort what it's of called? yeah there was this big rumor sort of scooting around a couple of weeks ago going oh Facebook is going to try and have a tilt at you know our favorite secret mm. app oh yes yeah, yeah. and uh, Josh you want secret app. We've been trying to get everyone. <laughs> the first on, rule of secret, secret the first, app is not. Don't don't confess that you're on secret app. Of course, Mark Mark Michael and I. The first thing we did when we installed is like, is that you? Is that you? Did you post that? When you're the only when you've only got three other friends that are on the secret app, you, you tend to know yeah. who. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was on I've, it. I haven't put on the new phone. I've more than three friends, Josh. <laughs> I've got 16. It's still pretty yeah, easy to figure. I've got 16 Facebook friends. Yeah, and it is still. Yeah. It's new. When I've got about 50 friends using it and they can all go, oh, was that Josh that posted that? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll worry about it then. Um, anyway, the rumour was that people at Facebook were going to have a go at that. Uh, but what they, it's not really quite like that at all. Their new app that they're releasing is called Rooms, and it's sort of... It's pseudonymous rather than mm. anonymous. So it's interesting. They they've they've they're creating this facility where you can log in and and use you can join a room. Yeah. Which is of a particular interest. Mm. You can choose to what your name is in that room as well. Yes. And, and be part of that conversation. Yeah. And then disappear or you know leave. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a response to the criticism that they've had around you know real names versus fake names. A and little all that bit. Sort of yeah. Thing. And it's, it's also, I think, an interesting way to get people engaged and talking about content and and um, topics and things like that without necessarily having to have a friend relationship. So you don't mm. you should be invited by someone who's already in the conversation. Yep, that's how that works. But you don't have to necessarily be friends with those people to have those conversations, which I think is interesting. Because I mean, I've got some friends on Facebook that I'm I'm really only friends with because they have interesting discussions mm. about mm. topics that I'm interested in. Yep. But frankly, I don't feel like seeing all their pictures of their cats. You know. <laughs> oh, you you love the big, the cat pigs. Don't okay, you? yeah, Just I like because it. Mark posts cat pigs every day. <laughs> Mark, doesn't, Mark doesn't post enough cat pictures. That's I, what I think. probably should post more. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I think it's um it's it's a sign of Facebook actually moving away from their just friends yeah. social aspect. There's you know they're trying to grow uh, people's relationships with other people to outside of their friend group, right? And that's. Yep. Um, a new opportunity for Facebook. They're so big at the moment, but you kind of think in terms of what they offer in terms of their functionality, it's quite it's quite limited to just you interact with the people that you know yep. and that's yep. it. So this is a this is a step away from that and that's, that's yeah. interesting. That's and it's, it's interesting in that that's already what you do with Twitter with hashtags. Yep. It's what you do on Tumblr with tagging as well. So, yep. you know, you've got like a particular topic that you want to hang on. They've been kind of shooting for that as well. So you can actually use a hashtag now on Facebook and you've been able to for some time mm. and everyone's going, hmm, we're doing a hashtag. It's not Twitter. Yeah. But 
I think what they're trying to coax people into is, is you know, trying to have those kinds of conversations because they can see how engaging and fun they are elsewhere. Yep. Um, and they're like, I want a little bit of that and those eyeballs and that engagement period. So. Now, you know, you, might, you know my theory on, on hashtags themselves and why are they hashtags and not something else. Tell me why. Because IRC, if you're ever an IRC user... Oh, channels. The channels were always prefixed with a, with a hashtag. Interesting. Never put that together. There mm. you go. So, and, and isn't it interesting as well? This, this anonymity apps, this Facebook app called Rooms, I think is what it's called, right? It's, it kind of feels a lot like IRC. Yeah. yeah, you can anonymous. You can choose your name. You can you can talk random crap for a little while and then leave, and that's it. I mean, the only difference here is it's invite only. It's not. Um, that's right. It's you, you can't just turn up in a room and spam the crap out of it and then leave. Lob some verbal hand grenades. <laughs> As Watch was quite often the case on IRC, <laughs> if I recall. <laughs> I don't know if this IRC still, IRC still exists, doesn't it? Right? Oh yeah, mm, yeah, it really does. Um, the hash gay Melbourne um, group still, is still oh, around. What server? On, I was on Ozorg. I was an oh. Ozorg kind of person. Oh. So I don't know if Ozorg. I think Osnet is the only one around in, in Australia these days. But. Yeah, mm, Channel Nine had one. Oh really? Yeah. What? Yeah, can you believe that? Wow. They bought it, like nine MSN bought it off no someone else. But yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> and then they ran it for a little while longer and then I don't know, they spun it off. Um look that'll be kinda interesting to see. Um also on the social media front, so we've been talking a little bit over the last few weeks about Elo, which is it kinda got a lot of attention during that whole Facebook kerfuffle about identities. Yep. And uh, and the, the problem specifically was that they were targeting people who don't go by their real name for various reasons, be that that they're a performer or they're just worried about, you know, hmm. um, outing themselves or whatever. Um, and then it kind of died away. So last week we talked, uh, Michael and I talked about how Elo's search terms or, you know, Google Trends, mm-hmm. everyone was searching for Elo a few weeks ago and now no one's searching for Elo. Yeah. But venture capitalists are opening their wallets for Elo. million. Wow. That's a bunch of coins for something that is apparently never going to charge money or run ads. And one of the criticisms that came out from the the recent publicity over Allo was it is another social network site. It's all about making money. So just because they say it's not about the advertising dollar or it's not about monetizing their users, it's actually about allowing connections with people Mm. and all that sort of thing. And they've talked about a few freemium sort of things like, you know, extra Mm. emoticon packs or whatever. Yeah. Well, actually, their their model that I recall was if you want a new feature, you pay for it. Right. Um, Which I think is fair enough because if it's a feature that sort of, you know, gives back to the community as well, well, you know, maybe you'll feel like that is a worthwhile endeavour. I personally don't necessarily feel the need to have certain features on some things, but if I think that lots of others will do it and I want to do something nice for everyone, that's nice. Yeah. They they signed a, well they they reincorporated over the last couple of days. That's the news. That's the news bit. So as well mm. as you know the five point five million dollars, which is a lot, but they've reincorporated. Tell yeah. us about it. So I was looking at you know and didn't actually you know followed Ella a little bit, but as you said, I lost interest in it when you know need, need to wait for an invite. All this kind of stuff still in beta testing. It's mm. also hideously ugly. I'm just going to put that out there. It is. <laughs> What's wrong with the Korea new font? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, so Ella's stripped down. You know, um, the notably stripped down. Ad-free social network announced. This is this is the, the ad here. So they've they've part of it. So in the states, you've different levels of incorporation. So they've come to a public benefit corporation, which means they're solely there to for the social media or social gathering side of it, rather than a profit. Which so they, the, that's right. 
the the thing that they're striving for is not so much profit; it's actually for social social interaction. Or, or yeah, that's right. Like so, that. so the way that a public benefit corporation works mm. is um, rather than rather than being there to make money, like Josh said, um, you're not accountable as well to your directors to form a profit. Right. But you are accountable to your directors or your shareholders or whoever um, to align with your stated goals. And your stated goals have to be somewhat altruistic. Right. And their goals are must never make money from selling ads, must never make money from selling user data. And if they ever sell it, then the new owners have to abide by those rules. And they're very privacy-focused, very freedom-focused. So they really ris- listened to the criticism that was leveled at them back yeah. you know, a, couple of weeks, uh, a couple of weeks ago around the whole oh, it's just another social networking site. Like, Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people going, oh, you know, well, what's going to happen? Yeah. We can't trust what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, this this actually enshrines it into their very structure. And there's mm. there's nothing that says that they won't change their minds in six months and go, oh, actually, let's do it the other way. But, you know, that, that's a pretty big step. Now, yeah. now that we've got all the users on board, I'm still sceptical about it, but we'll see how they go. As you said, six months, 12 months, we'll see what happens with them and, and, well, who and where knows? they sit. I mean, do you remember Plurk.com? Do you remember Plurk.com? I don't remember, no. Uh, it came out around the same time as Twitter. It was a total competitor, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. Let's get on it. Six months later, no one was still on it. But I've still got an account on there and people actually use it. Well, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, you know, Facebook's doing it. Facebook's doing a, a pretty good job at social media. You know, it's one of those... It's pretty to, to hard get, to knock them off. All your friends are in there, you know, to, as I said, to go across to LA. It's, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new group. Yeah. They were the right. They they're the right network at the right time as well. I yeah. think that. Well, they were um, almost the right network. That's the thing. Like the the fact that they didn't have enough, you know, money or infrastructure or whatever to allow everybody in and get settled and stuff like that. I think probably helped. Yeah. Yeah. Or didn't help. Sorry. Yeah. Like if they were if they were ready to accept people and people were ready to make a new home. But I think as well, Facebook saw that and went, mm, well, we don't want to look like people like that. (laughs) Not much fun. Hey, it's 28 minutes past midday on Joy right here on Technogaze. Uh, You're listening to Josh, Mark and Rainer and we'll be right back. It is 28 minutes to one on Joy 94.9's Technogaze. I feel like I should get all patriotic for a moment. I'm I'm feeling a bit of the old seven-pointed star and bits and pieces. Flying kangaroo. Fighting kangaroo. What is it? No, no. Boxing kangaroo. Boxing What's wrong kangaroo. with me? Emu and terrible patriot. On... Anyway, <laughs> here's why. Australians are so well. Mm-hmm. Let's go for this. All we have Wozniak. We do. Steve Wozniak is moving to Australia. Coming to coming to a home among the gum trees. No, wait, that's a really with bad lots line. of palm trees. Um, <laughs> good old Stevie's moving to Australia. Why? So, Steve Wozniak, so co-founder of Apple. Yes. The other Steve, so Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak. Steve um, Wozniak was the the he's and he's still a nerd like he's still the, the true geek like you look at him and you just go oh that guy's an so absolute nerd look at him yeah but he is he's a cuddly nerdy boy hmm. um he's moving to Australia wow co-founder of Apple oh, so amazing he's moving to Sydney to work in the University of Technology Sydney's magic lab what is a magic lab well it's not really about magic that's <laughs> where they Although, part with invisibility cloaks and stuff like that <laughs> you'd think so um. I think I think Melbourne Uni looks most like Hogwarts out of all of the universities, <laughs> and I think I think University of Sydney comes a close second. UTS is that big tower. Oh, is this one where the Game of Thrones theme song was played as bells? Are you for real? I'm pre- you can YouTube that. I'm oh my God. pretty sure as it was bells? in no, Sydney. No, no, no. University of Sydney has bells. Okay, right. Univ- University of Technology Sydney has that big, ugly, modernist tower that oh. is sort of grey, and you can see it from miles around. Okay. Um, and it's designed to stop riots or something. Like, it's amazing. So, so it's a big, ugly tower in Sydney? 
Sydney. It is a hideously ugly tower in Sydney. Mix right into the rest of the sky. <laughs> yes. Did I just no? You just you offended did. everyone you just, from Sydney's just turned off. You just slid to Sydney. Bless Sorry, you. Sydney. Anyway, he's moving to Australia. He's going to go work um, as an adjunct professor, and he'll start in December. Um, and he'll be spending time in the Magic Lab, which is not really about magic. It's got nothing to do with Hogwarts, but it is about <laughs> innovation and enterprise research. Nice, nice. Which is really interesting, and um, I think it's really cool. And I want to get him signed up for the uh, for the National Tertiary Education Union. I'm a proud member. Okay. Yep. And I would just love an excuse to go knock on his office door and say, excuse me, got some forms for you? <laughs> you need to fill how's, these out. How's it going, comrade? <laughs> How cool is that? Just get the sign here and here and, and on here, this piece of paper. It's only, it's, it's a very modest fees, especially if he's a casual. Right. Um, Whatever. So he will be uh, joining the, the staff at ETS. Um, I think it's really exciting. They had they had a, a great announcement that they talked uh, about how proud they were as well. He's already got a bit of a relationship with them anyway. Right. He's um, a bit of a traveller, isn't he? I, I, I see him on Twitter and he, he often tweets about which flight he's getting onto and what uh, flight number it is and what time it is. Oh, he really does. It's, it's <laughs> such a nerdy thing to do. It's like, I'm getting on this flight. And it's like some link to some It's probably city's phone site. up to auto-check him in at every I, airport. Like, I, I'm at gate seven and this is where it's going. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yes. probably got a device that just does that for him on separate. I don't know. Well, he's going to have so many great devices to play with here. So he, he already sort of, um, he has a telepresence device or they have a telepresence device. It's like, you know, one of those robots on a, on a oh, yes. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he, he uh, calls in on video chat. Um, but they're robots, dudes. Robots. I think that's really cool. Um, and apparently he's, you know, an amazing teacher and, and, you know, he does a lot to do with education already. But this is the first time that he's he's decided to accept a, a role at a university. Mm. So good coup for Australia. Yeah. Well, um, he must like it here. He must do. Hmm. He must do. He's hoping. And who wouldn't? Should have moved to Melbourne, though. Just saying. I'm just saying as well. Yeah. I'm just saying, actually, I don't know. Oh, I'd love to, to go find it. <laughs> I'd just hang around at the VC of Melbourne going, knock, knock, hey, hey, Professor Davis. <laughs> Do you know these guys did, mate? <laughs> What's going on? Um, uh, look, that's really exciting. Now, um, also recent news for uh, for I was, um, his Apple One was recently bought at auction for $905,000 by the Ford Museum. Hmm. Um they were expecting maybe half a million dollars. This, of course, was the, the the first sort of PC that they they created at Apple, the Apple One. Yes, um, it's it's sort of you know it's got wooden cutout bits and and like you know a, a sort of naked looking motherboard. Basically, you had to build it yourself. Actually, it's kind of <laughs> so, cool. It's pre because uh, Apple Two was when they built the chassis around it as well. Um, yeah, but Apple One was like you have to come up with the keyboard um, mount and the. The case mm. for it and all that sort of thing. That's right, and and you know the the one that was actually sold at uh, at some um, auction mm. uh, didn't have much going on. You know, it was sort of it had the wood and it had the stuff and and it had like you know one of those hot you know what woodwork class you used to be able to get like a thin piece of of you know solid wood and sort of you know get the hot the glue. S- none of those soldering irony sort of thing. Oh. I, I can't remember what that tool was called. Okay. It's like cut holes in the wood with it. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Totally looks I, like I, that. I never did woodwork. Tell us a whole bunch of nerds in the office. Like, what are you talking about? Physical woodwork. <laughs> when woodwork was on, I went to the computer room. Uh, hey nerds, um, iOS eight point one yes. came out this oh. week, oh. and I love it. Right. I've been waiting for this update forever. In fact, I was waiting so hard for it. Wait. 
Hang on a second. I'm waiting as hard as I can. That <laughs> I actually logged on to my my uh, developer account the day before because I just wanted it so bad. I had to get the beta just so I could use the the handoff feature. I've been waiting for this for so long. The ability to send an SMS from my from my laptop, right, as if it's my phone, and just type but, away. Yes, and I've been sort of fiddling around as well. Like, so I I placed a call with my iPhone that I had until a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. Placed that call and all the rest of it, and uh, all the device that I was ringing for my housemate rang. <laughs> Amazing. It's a bit daunting when that happens, well, isn't it? I was, I was so, you know, uh, I get a lot, b- being here at Joy and stuff, we get, I get a lot of the, you know, late night, this isn't working calls kind of thing. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in bed, it's 10.30 on a Friday night, yeah, no. Dad. Settling in. Yeah. Um, and my laptop starts ringing. <laughs> now, my phone's always on silent, you know, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, wait. Right. <laughs> what does it all mean? Uh, Especially when you have like multiple computers around you as well, or devices yep. even. Even your iPads can can work and yep. do yes. this. My Pebble's ringing on the counter because it's on charge. <laughs> my iPad's ringing because it's on charge. My laptop's ringing. And then my phone rang and I'm kind of like, whoa. Which one do I choose? All of them at <laughs> once. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Which was really cool, but yeah. The uh, SMS thing is pretty new though. Well, mm. And and it just sort of politely asked me the other day, it's like, oh, would you like to start seeing your SMSs on your screen? I'm like, yes, I would. <laughs> Thank you very much. I won't say no to that. Yeah, it took a bit of setting up in the first place, but once it was there, it was like, everything just works. It's just... It is. It was um, nice. Yeah, and you could always do iMessage from your, your Mac computer. That's before. exactly right. And you could even receive and send iMessages fr- that pur- purportedly from your phone number through yes. the iMessage service on your computer yeah, as well. Yeah, but it wasn't really. You didn't. But for your Android using friends who don't have iMessage or indeed, you know, if you're using Windows phone or something, who are you? <laughs> who first is, of all, who, who are you? First of all, how dare you? Who is actually buying Windows phones? Anyway, they don't have iMessage either. Well, so if you know people who have one, they're probably just sending you SMSs so you wouldn't have seen it come up on your computer. So this is finally happening for the rest of us. Yeah. A lot of Android users were like, oh, the biggest whoops, guys, because they already have apps that allow them to sort of sync on, yep. their, on their PC and stuff. But ho-hum, this is way cooler. So that feature is the <laughs> S- SMS relay feature. Yeah, it's pretty grouse. Um, there's also Apple Pay was introduced as part of iOS 8.1 Yes, in that the is US. the um, contactless payment method um, that is built right into a special bit of hardware in the phone. In, um, uh, specifically for the iPhone 6 as well. Specifically right? the iPhone 6. So um, only some retailers have support for that at the moment. Americans are really excited because they've only just discovered that you can actually put a chip in a credit card lately. Mm-hmm. There's so they're a little bit behind the rest of us. Like we've already got PayWave and stuff over here. So for us, it won't be a big change. For them, it's like, oh, you guys, I held my phone up to the payment thing and it it charged my account. It's like, wow. I, I had a friend call me from the States to go, oh, my God, I just used PayWave and it was amazing. And, you know, FaceTime, I'm like, cool, I've had it for, you know, probably about 12 months now. But, I'm, like, you know, we've yes, we've got it, but it would still be nice just to have that Apple Apple here with the one-touch phone. Yeah. Touch on, right. not, you don't have to carry four or five. You know, I, I hate carrying a wallet when I'm going out. Yeah. I can just carry my phone. My biggest problem at the moment is actually around the, the number of proximity cards I've got in my wallet, uh, including yes. the, the credit cards, right? You you put your wallet up to a Mikey reader, for example. It takes just that little bit too long to respond because it's trying to figure out oh, which card is yeah, the Yeah, and the Mikey card. reader always hates having extra cards anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hold my touch card for work. Yeah. 
and and you know in 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 the back of my phone or with my Mikey, and sometimes I've tried it, and it's like mm, multiple cards detected. Oh, well, thanks, Mikey. Yeah, we, we've like, d- my door knows how to open with multiple cards, but oh well. <laughs> we've just got Mikey gates at work, and I'll call. We we all call them the Mikey gates because <laughs> okay. they, they work as well as them. Um, <laughs> you know, so you everything. I've got my work passes, which has got the Mikey card on one side and the work card on the other one, mm. and you go up to Mikey and it says multiple cards detected. You go up to these gates at work and it says multiple cards detected. <laughs> so oh. now I've got you've got two things you got to carry separately, which you know. First world problem. One day, one day, I'm hoping that everything will converge into one device. So you, you, just... you're probably against this, but I'm happy to have a chip put in my arm. Just wave. This is me. Let's keep going. Well, uh, you know, talk to John Oxer. He, he's he's done this. <laughs> right. He knows how to do this. I don't know if he found any doctor who was happy to, to do it <laughs> for him. He had to do it himself, but... Hey. You know, I'm, I'm happy Zoe, to try it. Zoe Quinn, the game developer, she's been in the news recently for some not fun things, but she's actually got a chip in her in her body as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, look, can you trust it? Did your friend get double charged? He didn't, but as you were saying earlier today, there's a lot of people that actually have been getting double charged. Mm. Yes, so um, some Bank of America folks um, or customers say that they were billed twice for every Apple Pay purchase that they made, which is probably so. The way that Apple Pay works as well, it's not like it's not like it's pretending to be your credit card. It is a unique thing, mm. and then the Apple Pay service contacts yep. your bank and gets that out of there, right? Yep. So obviously the service is going wrong somewhere. Although apparently it's not going wrong for any other bank, and the Bank of America says, "Ooh, it's Apple's fault." There's going to be a fix coming out soon, I think. So. Um, It'll it'll be available pretty shortly. It, it's something you could lose a lot of customers over if if if, it, if you know. So they're, they're good, working on a. And that I mean that's something that PayWave categorically and um and the Mastercard one um PayPass also categorically can't do. It is not possible for them to double charge. Right. And it's not possible for them to you know have like a card signal hanging around for the next transaction or anything. The actual machine can't work that way, and neither can the service. So. Yep. But isn't it a bit of a shift for Apple to become a financial sort of middle person? But yeah. that's that's part of their thing, right? Like, you know, obviously they want to be in everyone's pocket or in everyone's desk or yep. whatever like that. And the way to stay in people's pocket is to get people to buy in. Mm. Right now, Google's been trying to do this with the Google Wallet as well, with a lot of Android phones have the NFC and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, you know, with, that, with the Google Wallet, you know, you can just sort of pay through the wallet, not through... Any sort of near like near field communication thing. Yep, yep. Um, PayPal. Okay, PayPal. Last week, I tried to get into my favourite coffee shop a couple of weeks ago, and it was absolutely jammed with rubes. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. PayPal were charging like one cent for one, coffee. One oh. cent coffee. Yes. What? So it was a. It it's was to a, get people onto PayPal. One day only event. Yeah. Or, or oh, might I think have been it was two days. I think it depends on where you were. I think some of the retailers are going, guys. You you can only do this for one day because because we're sick of having sixty people in our. So I was actually talking to one of the cafe owners near work, and so. PayPal were picking up the tab. Right. Yeah. So wow. you pay one cent through your PayPal account. That, that, and that, then they pay the rest. That one cent went to PayPal yeah. and they picked up the rest. And there were people in PayPal, like, I don't know if they were promoters are actually from PayPal or whatever, but, you know, they're wearing PayPal polos and stuff like that. You mm. know, sort of mm. explaining it to people going, oh, yeah, I'll help you get PayPal set up on your phone, blah, blah, blah. It's a good tactic because it, it, it gives you confidence in transaction. And right. that's one of the things with, with financial, you know, Confidence is kind of important. Yeah. Yeah, we worry about our money. Um, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Apple Pay, if it'll get inroads here, etc. So um, that'll be something to keep an eye out for. Hey, it's 16 minutes to one here on Joy, and uh, there'll be even more of this great tech news right after this. Technogiz. Download the Joy smartphone app now at joy.org.au. Yes, the Joy smartphone app. You can get it for all kinds of things. You can get it for your iPhone. Josh? And it's free. And it's free. You can get it for the Android. I should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I only got it yesterday. I've still got to fill it up with goodies. Um, it is Techno Gaze. Mm-hmm. And we are talking tech. Yes. 
And uh, there's been all kinds of tech news this week. Yep. Now, internet addiction is something that we talked about a little bit uh, the other day on the yeah. show about a there was a US serviceman who uh, checked into rehab. Uh, for the U.S. Navy, right, uh, to kick his alcohol addiction, but he also had a bit of a Google Glass addiction. Really amazing, and he was he. So you know, when you go into rehab, is that even a classifiable thing? Like it is. So in the newest version of the diagnostic manual that psychiatrists use, which is the DSM five, yeah, um, you know, it's got all the different sort of you know disorders and and ailments and things like that 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 relate to mental health, mm-hmm. um, and one of them is an internet addiction disorder. So it sort of describes, you know, all the criteria for addiction as right. it relates to not having your gadgets on you. And this guy who checked in, he checked in for alcohol addiction. Um, when they do that, it's like, you know, give up your phone and all the rest of it. He had to give up his Google Glass. And this guy, right, was so, we don't know his name or anything because, you know, um, it's it's probably not ethical for them to have reported it. So no one mentioned this guy's name. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was touching the side of his head the way that you would if you were trying to switch on your Google Glass. And he was mm. looking in the corner and, you know, having dreams about having his Google Glass on and all sorts of Stuff. Wow! Wow! I wonder if I, I, I'm no psychologist, but I, I suspect that there's uh, people. Who, and the story here is around an addiction to the internet means there's possibly it's it's an indicator of an addiction to other things or the ability to be addicted to multiple things. Not That's just right. One. So down down in Hobart, there is actually a, a director of uh, like an, a genuine medical doctor, um, which again I'm not one either, obviously. Um, but Dr. Michael Davy, who is the director of the Hobart Clinic Association, mm-hmm. um, deals with patients um, who are showing signs of being addicted to the internet and their devices, and uh, and talking to he was talking to uh, the national broadcaster. Mm-hmm about uh, a few different things to do with that. And it was a really interesting read. So online gaming is another thing that people often are, are, are considered to be, to be addicted to and it's a pretty prevalent thing as well because there's such a you know youth culture... In particular, mm. not just youths, but but right. But like you know, if you've if you've got a bit of a, a thing about you know um, uh, if you've got a gambling issue, mm. for example, then yep. going online might be the way that you express that, and then you know you sort of get this kind of uh, addictive behaviour around that that it's associated with this other underlying issue. And he also made the point that um, sometimes there's you know OCD, there's depression, there's other things that are going on yeah. that might sort of um, you probably you, know, it's, you it's, might turn to the the it's computer. almost like you're you're predisposed to to addiction in general like you you're sort of uh, yeah or, or maybe there thing, are some other disorders there's, yeah there's, mm. it's it's quite easy for your brain to to yeah. just become addicted to something and maybe that's that's yeah that's and when you mentioned the games that's actually one of the things that uh, that dr david talked about so he said well you know it's it's you'd think it would be social media like everyone's sort of you know looking at their tweets and wah 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 and you know mm. especially you know uh if michael was here i'm sure he'd tell us about his teenage girls or often being on the, the phone or whatever <laughs> um but uh but dr david said it's mostly the games that that um that seem to be coming up more, and it's the ones that don't seem to have an ending. So it's you know Candy Crush, mm. Farmville, you know those sorts of games. The, ones, the ones that, that are that actually have... built to yes. feed uh, an addiction, or, or not necessarily an addiction. But, I wouldn't want to cast but, that upon them, but they 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 actually you know design these games to be. You know, to to make you want to come back for more. Yeah, of course, and that's how they make the money. You, right? you see that with push notifications and stuff, and you know, Candy Crush on my phone, and mm. you know, every twenty minutes, it's like, hey, you haven't played me for a while. Well, where are you, man? Come back. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they want to do that because they want to get their ads in front of you, or they want you to buy special, you know, um, like buy premium bucks yep. or whatever, like um, Kim Kardashian stars or whatever. <laughs> um, now, Dr. Davey also says that internet addiction changes the brain in a similar way to other addictions, and so accordingly, the treatment um, can often be the same as well. Right. So, um, 
uh, the way that they help people with um, with a bit of an internet addiction is to check them into hospital, uh, take away all their devices, need to be unplugged, have a bit of a detox, and um, says that some young people have uh, have never actually had a life without a device and that it can be quite a big thing for them. Yeah. Maybe some patients are maybe, you know, it, it works a bit better for them than others. Who knows? Mm. Mm. Um, we're talking about that, you know, we, we're growing up now in that age where people are born with a device in their phone. I've, I know I've got a four-year-old right. um, cousin that has an iPhone already or an iPad already. Mm. And you're like, yep. wow, well, when, when I was your age, I was outside on the grass eating dirt. Yeah. That's probably why I'm here now. But um, <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 through, you know, it's a quite younger generation—they're growing up with devices. They're, they're, this is this is life, you know. Yeah, and it's not necessarily. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know it's a bad thing necessarily. No, I, I don't know anything about you know child psychology again, but it's just something different. It is now. If if you're interested in learning more about internet addiction, um, if you get on the Better Health channel, which is at betterhealth.vic.gov.au, and search for internet addiction, there's a good fact sheet about that there. And if you're ever struggling, you should always call Lifeline one three one 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 four or talk to your GP. Um, so if you think that you might be struggling there, those are some Definitely. good resources. Uh, and responsiblegambling.vic.gov.au as well for those of us in Victoria. Check it out. Indeed. Um, on a somewhat less full-on note. Yes. <laughs> uh, Samsung. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Samsung has, has been in the news this week. Mm-hmm. A major manufacturer of Android phones, and it hasn't necessarily been very good. No, so they're um, they've got this thing called Knox, is it like the security software? Yes, they've been banging on about this for some months. Old Knox, mm-hmm. um, like as in Fort Knox, right? And if you if you're a government worker, um, then you probably know, or you know, a lot of companies do this as well. But particularly for government workers, you probably know that there are certain things that you're allowed to keep on your phone, and there are things that you're not allowed to keep on your phone. <laughs> And maybe if you would like to have a work phone that is secure enough, then work will issue you with one. And if you are one of those people, then 88% of you probably have an iPhone because that's the figures. Uh, Because the iPhone has quite a lot of security and enterprise-related deployment stuff on it. Samsung says, we'd like a piece of that pie. Yes. (laughs) Delicious pie. And uh, 90% on tablets as well. So their higher-end Galaxy phones have this thing on it now called Knox. Right. And it's kind of like a sandbox. So you can put things in the Knox environment that aren't accessible from other Ah, Android apps. Because one of the characteristics of Android is that there isn't a lot of inter-app security. Yep, yep. Uh, The iPhone is, is sandboxed by design. Yep, yep. And Samsung's like, well, we can help with that. We'll make you a little patch of turf and you can put things in it and you can get in with an amazing password. And if you forget your password, uh, then you can enter the pin that you set up when you got your phone and we'll give you a password hint. Well, so this is, what's, this is what's brought them into trouble though, isn't it? Yes. So it turns out that uh, they keep that pin number, uh, I think, I guess it's four oh, digits, no. in an XML file oh. somewhere on the device cunningly named pin.xml <laughs> thank you I'm, I'm, so, the way I say that is here's the Ferrari hey look the keys are sitting the keys on the are ro- somewhere yep. the keys are somewhere <laughs> on the car they're in the box marked keys right, <laughs> in yeah. right. The garage. Or, or, there's, there's a, and there's an envelope sitting underneath the windscreen wiper that says here is a clue for where I hid the keys <laughs> and there's a big kind of neon sign on top of the car pointing to keys here right and the yep. nature of the hint which is that it tells you it tells you the password's first and last letter and the number of letters in the password oh. So if you can imagine that the clue was kind of like, it's in the G something, something, something E. Yeah. <laughs> you just jump onto any of those lovely apps that help you with the, you know, words with friends and stuff and go, look, it's beginning with G and ends in E and it's six letters. Let's. Yep. Yep. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's not very good. So are they fixing it? 
I guess so. So it, it was only announced quite recently. Um, it's it's kind of a dodgy compromise. Um, so if you can have a pretty good guess about the password, I think that's pretty shonky. The other thing as well is that the password itself is encrypted um, using uh, uh, two interesting little items. One of those is a hard-coded string that is embedded somewhere in the program, and the other bit <laughs> is a portion of the Android ID serial, which is something that you can get out of the phone any old time. I'm no... And then you combine them, and then so, you encrypt the password with these two easily findable things. So as well as the neon sign on top of the car, there's a weather balloon above it that says, hey, free Ferrari <laughs> down here. Yeah, or kind of like, yeah. you know, like a photocopy of the key that you made back at work that you blew up and like sticky taped to the side of your garage. This sounds like the first app that I ever wrote around that, that implemented any type of encryption. It's like <laughs> I I just coded in the, 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 the salt or whatever you're supposed to use when yeah. you do encrypted uh, apps and, and put it into the app because I couldn't be bothered figuring out how to sec- securely store it. Right. It's, like, it's almost like it, it's been designed by someone who's doing security for the first time. Right. And if you read the article um, yeah. that the person, uh, the, the researcher, I don't think they really gave their name, so they're a bit shadowy, but yeah. they talk about what they did. And it's like, you know, they put it in a jar file, which is inside another kind of file, which is, you know, it's like it's like going down lots of different subjects yeah, um, until finally you get, Security you know, through obscurity, right? You finally like, dig through some functions. It's like, oh, here it is. Uh, oh, good work, you guys. Now, that's what they want to deploy in all of their high... Uh, high-earning phones like the Galaxy. Um, hmm. And uh, and then they've contributed it to Lollipop as well. So now we all get the benefit of I that. Think, I think after a mistake like that, they won't be entering the company market any time too <laughs> soon. Well, here's, here's, uh, here's seeing. It is five minutes to one here on Joy. We're almost out of time, but there are a few tiny little tech tidbits right after this. Technologies. It's amazing. It's three minutes to one here on Joy 94.9. And uh, Technogaze, we're winding up. We are indeed. For another week. Oh, it's... Okay, it's been a huge week for uh, technology, but um, one of the hugest bits of news, I think, if uh, if you're one of the most famous ladies in the world... Yes. The Queen. Queen Elizabeth II... I think we should be playing some sort of British Empire theme song, you know, behind this. She sent her first tweet. She sent her first tweet just yesterday uh, from the British Monarchy account, which is the official account for the uh, the household. And she's actually there's a photo of her apparently doing the tweet. Doing the tweet. It's on this like this this I don't know if it's an iPad or something mounted on this podium style thing, and she's right. there typing away. Yeah. So she, what she was doing is she was opening um, the Science Museum of, of the UK. Um, their information age exhibition mm-hmm. and so and to do that she she wrote the following tweet it is a pleasure to open the information age exhibition today at the science museum and i hope people will enjoy visiting elizabeth r elizabeth r oh thanks betty bless um there was a, a, a great picture over there um the the uh, account then immediately followed that up saying that was totally her first tweet hashtag the queen tweets now see if you, <laughs> you imagine guess, where that hashtag's gonna go like how many people are gonna start? actually one of the things that i saw was straight away like some you know Gamergate which is that big gaming fight that people are having at the moment somebody uh, somebody modified a screenshot to say actually it's about gaming journalism (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth uh. (laughs) so that was pretty funny Um, and if you're wondering what took her so long you might actually be surprised to find that she was one of the very first British uh, civilians I guess not in the military although she's a commander of some sort to send an email yep Back in 1979. Amazing. Amazing. That's huge. Hey, we have run out of time. It is one minute to one. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Josh. And <laughs> and welcome back, Mark, for the for the week. I thought it would be nice to pop in. Thanks oh, for that's really me. sweet. And, uh, and I'm Rainer, of course. Um, it's been another massive week, and it's been such a pleasure to spend it with you. Cravings up next here on Joy 94.9. Catch you later. I program my home computer.
Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.